Tilly Shelley slapped Sassy Sammy into alternate realities. Signed, Seriously Psychedelic Shelley. Hello and welcome to episode 131 of Under the Call of MS. Don't forget, once I hit episode 150, good chance I'm going to start deleting the first 50 episodes and packing those away for re-release in the future if I keep doing this stuff. And actually get a few followers. <laughs> All right, we're going to start today off talking about Dawn Comics. Dawn is an American comic book series created by artist Joseph Michael Lisner. Lindsner. A title character first the title character first appeared on the cover of Cry for Dawn number one in December of nineteen eighty nine. Before being feature, featured in her own one-shot drama from new publisher Sirius Entertainment. And then the miniseries Dawn, Lucifer's Hill, Dawn, Return of the Goddess, and Dawn, Three Tears. Uh, we're going to... Basically, I came across a variety of Dawn items I had. Uh, one is the... Convention sketchbook number one from Image Comics. This has got some beautiful artwork of Dawn in it. Uh, this was done. Oh, we're not going to get a year, are we? 2002, spring of 2002. But yeah, there's tons of beautiful artwork like the character at all or you just like the female form and it's a great example of some beautiful sketch work being done and then I have the number one Dawn Pinup Goddess by Lindsner Comics this one was done in 2001 starts off with a little storyline of a guy with the Dawn character and gives you a little input on their little uh, how they met or whatever. Give you that concept, but there's beautiful artwork in here. Um, I'm not big on the pretty boy character. His whole the person that's obsessed with Dawn uh, I'm not really sure where Dawn fully goes, uh, what the whole concept is. I really want to get to Dawn number one, or the one where she made her first appearance. Let's see more about that. But, uh, they did do a I Love New York book. It was a benefit book which I have from Lindsner. And uh, this is done in 2002. But it's a nice black and white. Just basically shows the artist thinking about stuff. And you get like little hints of Dawn throughout the character work in here. But it's just a good depiction of a really sad day where he gets woken up by friends, told about the planes crashing into the towers, doesn't 
really click in his brain. So he goes back to sleep, gets another call. People are yelling at him to wake up and pay, turn on the news, see what's going on. And he finally does and sees what's up with the whole terrorist attack thing. And they go to the him and a few friends get a couple friends get together and they take a drive towards the towers, the main area where all this stuff's happening and get the whole picture in their mind of what happened, how it truly looks, uh, seeing the towers fall and stuff. Sad destruction and everything along with it happened and how life was just around that area and just outside the realm of the towers and what was all going on that sad eventful day uh was excellently written uh a good historical look at what happened that day so check that out if it catches your interest at all, but then uh, I checked out the four-part Bond Return of the Goddess from Serious Comics. Uh, this ran in 1999, was the first printing. In this four-part story, we follow the story of Dawn, apparently set sometime after her meeting with Darian and the events of Lucifer's Hallow and Lucifer's return to Earth. So I'm going to have to run those, read those two short runs also, apparently. Try and get more of the backstory so I can understand more of the, how this character came to be. Uh, Dawn's worshippers are being hunted down and destroyed on Earth, and the goddess is sleeping. She fails to hear her their cries until one witch gets the attention of Zernunos, who directs Dawn to the problem. On Earth, Dawn aids possibly her only remaining follower on a journey of discovery that will see our goddess cross planes of existence, make bargains with tortured souls, and fight demons with weapons forged by ancient entities. She can protect Earth from the anger of gods. Should she protect the Earth from the gods? And what is the price and cost of such an act? Uh, they have a couple different covers for these. Uh, nice. The ones I have are like cardstock covers. So I really like that. They just hold up so much better throughout time. But yeah, you see some demons and characters throughout here causing all kinds of trouble. And Dawn has to deal with uh, people that are dying in her life and her, well, people dying in other people's realms and lives and Dawn basically being there to work with the people to get through it help this gal out who is also going to be killed if she doesn't get some help because there's witch hunters after these characters that thought they were just playing around 
didn't realize the cost of actual reality if you kept playing with the demons. The artwork's beautiful. The storyline's great. It pulled me in, but I need to know more. I don't know exactly who this character fully is. So I want to learn more about her. And I will hopefully get some more down the road in some bargain bins or something. Then I want to go shopping around and we'll see what happens. But yeah, if you like the female form, you like a strong female character, this is probably one you did definitely enjoy. Check those out. I don't know. I suppose we are a little behind, so I'm going to throw something else in here just to talk about it. I checked out Doom Patrol, the first few issues when they had them, and I can't remember if it was YouTube or something else, where else, where I actually checked them out, but now they're on like HBO Max or HBO Plus, whatever it's called. And I had had that for a little while, but I didn't catch up on the series, but I did get Doom Patrol, Way to the World's graphic novel. World's Strangest Superheroes Return. For years, their name has been synonymous with surreal superheroics. Now the Doom Patrol is back. And if you thought their adventures were weird before, you ain't seen nothing yet. Cliff Steele is better known to the world as Robot Man. What will he do when he discovers he's actually human after all? They call Larry Trainer the negative man. What happens when he gives birth to something peculiarly positive? Flex Mentalo is the man of muscle mystery. What awaits him at the mystical mecca of bodybuilding bliss, that Destiny Beach? Crazy Jane, Space Cave, Mento, Danny the Ambulance. He used to be Danny the Street, but hey, things change. From mediating a divorce between cosmic entities to breakthrough to breaking through the fourth wall, these incredible characters are about to embark on the journey of infinite lifetimes in this stunningly illustrated volume. Are you ready to join them? Yeah, it's fun because you start out with the robot man being human. You see him go through some issues with life, get into an accident, and put back into his robot form. Gang helps helps him out, finds him, sees what's happening. Negative man also has some positive positive items come out of his body and affect the people around him. Uh, it's just. It's a fun look at all the different characters, what they go through. They all get their little a variety of characters, get their own little storyline in here. But you do get a good gist of about probably six to eight different uh, Doom Patrol characters throughout here. It kind of gives you a whole reformation of the gang. And... It's a good look at it. I'm looking forward to reading some more of these and still finishing it, getting caught up on the series itself. But 
yeah, I'm a little bit behind on all those. And then I also checked out another trade paperback was Chavo Guerrero's Warriors Creed. I love this because Chavo's a wrestler and he's also a trainer and he works with worked with putting this comic together and I like how they used basically the Guerrero family and friends are used throughout this book. They got to be the actual people. I truly believe he did name, did have two boys that he named after Eddie and uh, Chris Benoit, who both committed, well, committed suicide and, and was was a little bit more graphic with the family members getting killed. Uh, you can look into those backgrounds if you want, but it was basically a couple sad stories due to a lot of major head trauma causing the mental issues from that, and we lost two great people in very early age because of it. But, yeah, the fight scenes are great through here. You can tell that he focused on it and paid attention to what the artist was doing. He had character powers. Uh, they're kind of like animal-based powers. And it's just fun watching all the different wrestlers join in and fight throughout here. But, uh... And the... I suppose I should have read the synopsis. Basically, legendary pro wrestler Chavo Guerrero stars in his first comic book adventure. When Chavo retires from the ring, he uncovers a dark family secret and superhuman powers he never knew he had. Going back for one more fight, but this time the stakes are amped. From a creative team led by the co-creator of Marvel Comics Deadpool comes an action-packed story of ancient mythology Global adventure and no hold barred, no holds barred combat. This is done by Lion Force Comics, which I'm guessing is a newer uh, company that I've never heard of, at least. But what they did with this was wonderful. It was perfectly laid out the way I would have expected, and he basically is giving up on his wrestling career. And as some things happen that end up bringing his powers to life, and it's fun to see where he goes with it. And like I said, you get lots of other wrestlers from the Lucha Libre world and stuff that come into it, the picture, which is enjoyable. Check those out, and we'll get back to you with some mess stuff. Okay, let's see. Some random multiple sclerosis stuff that we have. We're just going to go clean up some of my files and get caught up on some stuff. Many people with MS have symptoms that aren't readily apparent to others. These invisible symptoms can include fatigue, pain, cognitive challenges, mood changes, numbness or tingling, heat sensitivity, Vision changes, balance, and coordination problems. 
and bladder and bowel control issues and a variety of other things that are invisible to the person's eye and you don't see what's actually going on in our bodies. It's hard to explain this disease because people just look at it like normally basic pains and ignore what we're trying to explain when they do annoy us enough that we got to try and explain it to them. Many people living with MS struggle with how to explain these symptoms to people who know they symptoms to people who know they have MS but may not understand how the disease manifests. Invisible symptoms can play havoc with your relationships and can result in misunderstandings, resentment, and a feeling that you're not getting enough support. And I had friends that every day they'd come over and be like, he's pissy again, he's all mad. It's like, no, I have no facial expression anymore. But for some reason, when I'm on uh, video, (laughs) on Zoom conference or whatever, my body totally instantly fakes it more than normal. And I look like I'm happy and (laughs) doing all right. But in reality, I am dealing with lots of pain even at those moments. It's for some reason my body covers it up more when I see myself on a screen. So I don't know why that happens, but we got telemarketers coming in. So gonna have to check this out and see what half what it's all about. Hello. Yeah. It's just a health reminder. Another one of my appointments coming up. I'll just leave this in. Doesn't pay to re record this. There is no one size fits all strategy when it comes to talking about your symptoms, particularly the invisible ones. Therapists can help you sort out communication style works best for you. Other professionals can also be of assistance. Using printed materials from the National MS Society can help you. Maybe describe your symptoms more. Show people what we go through. Uh, It also helps to educate people who may not understand why we're using a handicapped space or who make comments like you don't look like you're sick like yeah if i stick my cane up your ass you might not look like you're sick either but you're gonna feel a little extra pain in the long run (laughs) after you've disclosed your symptoms to someone it's useful to tell the person the symptoms are intermittent so he or she won't worry you'll constantly be affected. And it's really important to let people know you're doing everything you can to manage your symptoms and are under a doctor's care. So we don't need your doctoral advice telling us what you've seen or heard about in life. It's amazing how everybody knows someone with multiple sclerosis that got better. (laughs) There's no cure and there's no evidence of that out there. 
This helps head off well-meaning but invasive or upsetting health advice from friends, family, or acquaintances. And it also shows you're not making excuses, giving up, or being lazy, which they all like to say. <laughs> husband, or inviting your husband, wife, or children to a session uh, can help so they can understand what the doctor's telling you about what you have, what you're dealing with, uh, and they get to hear from a professional what is going through our lives, with our lives, uh, along with professional health. There are several other approaches you can take to help your friends, family, and acquaintances understand how your invisible symptoms affect Never using your MS as an excuse to get out of something you just simply don't want to do, like the boy who cried wolf. If people discover your prevarication, they'll be less apt to believe you the next time you really don't, really can't do something because of a symptom flare up. It's also important to use examples when discussing your symptoms. For instance, when people with MS tell someone they're fatigued, they often get responses like, oh, I get tired too, and you're just being lazy. <laughs> it's normal. Everybody gets gets tired. To help them understand, MS fatigue is different than normal tiredness and fatigue. You could use phrases like, my legs feel heavy, or lifting my hair dryer feels like I'm lifting a 25-pound weight, or vision issues, doing something as simple as putting Vaseline on someone's glasses to show them what blurred vision is like. Um, fatigue and cognition problems can be the greatest source of frustration for your loved ones, so any way you can explain it to them. And, Help them along with it is a positive. Uh, say no to things you didn't don't want to do in a way that also makes people feel, feel comfortable. Uh, sometimes that might include nonverbal cues, especially if you're tired of discussing your symptoms. Put different colored post-its on the kitchen doors so your kids or family members um, will know what to expect when they they get home. Uh, like, different colored post-it, know it's meaning whether you're having a good day, a mediocre day, a severely bad day, so they don't just irritate you with a bunch of crap all of a sudden and make your symptoms worse. You can have a uh, different things, writings and stuff and sayings about what's going on in your life without talking about it for 45 minutes. You can put them on the notes. You can uh, tell your partner, today I feel more fatigued and I may need you to stop at the grocery, but I will do my best to avoid that. But if it happens, hey, you might have to step in and help out a little bit. That way they know what to expect. And, doesn't look like you're slacking off or anything in their eyes. Just let them know that you're, when you got a lot of pain, it's hard to get out and 
public and deal with certain things. It's also a good idea to tell people how they can help you manage your symptoms. Suggest modifying the approach a bit, bit with, ca- with casual acquaintances. For example, if you don't want to get into an explanation of how your MS makes you feel fatigued in the afternoon, just offer to do the carpool in the morning rather than after school. Uh, if you have memory loss, simply saying, I'm trying to think of a word, can encourage people to help without getting into details. Uh, sometimes you may have to repeat yourself because people don't always remember how your invisible uh, symptoms affect us. Uh, humor helps a lot. I'm always laughing when I'm falling or having issues. Just trying to make it more comedic. You don't have to explain as much. Easier to smile while you're in pain than to suffer while you're in pain and then have to also describe stuff while you're suffering. Uh, Building habits and routines with your family, like always keeping the house keys in the same place, can spare you all of your frustration of asking and answering the same questions over and over. Family or friends may be resentful when you have to cancel activities due to fatigue. So allow them to air their feelings, too, about how symptoms affect their lives. Once a week, make sure to check in with your family and close friends. People are often scared their loved ones will get sicker, so they're looking for reassurances that you're taking care of yourself. We do what we can to get through. It's It's best to let them know, I guess. So they aren't just making up their own opinions about our issues. Uh, Across the country, more than 900 MS-specific groups meet to offer a sense of connection uh, with people that understand what you're going through and stuff. So check into some groups and work, work with people that can give you ideas and let them know what they go through and how they modify their life around it. Some are just for people with MS. Others also welcome family members, caregivers. Uh, Others are just for family and friends. Members determine how often, where, and how long groups meet. So look into what's around your community and what's online for you. The feeling of not being alone, connecting with other like-minded people with MS is a good thing. Because the disease is different for each person with MS, you don't get it unless you got it so talk it out with each other and don't act like everybody's going through the same thing you're going through we all have our own issues differently it's nice to be around positive people though who get it and there's a sense of relief that you know there's a place you can go regularly and where you know you're going to talk to people with who who truly understand what you're going through you get asked, how are you doing all the time? You can say, okay, or fine. How often do you really get to answer that question? Uh, members can find inspiration at groups, especially during dark times. Stop Googling. Go to a meeting. <laughs> WebMD can scare the shit out of you. <laughs> you can end up having more symptoms than you actually have by falling down those medical rabbit holes online. Groups also can serve 
can serve as a conduits for reliable information and resources. Some people with MS talking to others of the same race and culture is very helpful. Not every group is right for every person, so go to several groups until you find one you enjoy and people you get along with. Ask yourself how you feel when you leave the meeting. If you feel worse than before the meeting, that's not a group for you. Find a group where you look forward to meetings, where you want to continue conversations you started after the meeting is over. Don't be afraid of groups. Don't let fear stop you from the growth you can find. There's a huge benefit from groups. Uh, you can always check in the nationalmssociety.org backslash SHG for more information on groups in your area. So check those out. Other than that, be good to yourself, be good to everybody else. We will get back to you again soon on some more stuff. Uh, we're going to try and finish it up off the upcoming goodies list stuff like that but yeah take care check out under the call check out crimson call comic club check out ab conversation check out lots of things talk to you again soon